Today on Foodstuffs, Brian takes us to a Sikh temple that uses food to bring the greater community together. And then we hear about a proposed initiative in Halifax that would bring healthier food options to food deserts throughout the Halifax Regional Municipality. On Wheels. Hi, I am Jaswant Singh from Ontario Khalsa Darbar, and you are listening to The Food Stuff. Very good, perfect. Welcome to Food Stuffs, a podcast about food and culture and their intersections. I'm Brian Goman. And I'm Jessica Walker. So we're going to share an interview Brian did last month, um, but I really love the story of why we're doing this to begin with. Um, so where are you taking us today, Brian? We're going to check out the Ontario Khalsa Darbar, which is better known as the Dixie Gudwara, uh, which is basically right in between Mississauga and Brampton. Sounds good. And what is so special about this Gudwara for you? Well, I was married there, dude. That's one. <laughs> yeah. So dude. Yeah. <laughs> Simmel's family is Sikh. So when we decided to, you know, get hitched, it was important that we have a traditional Sikh ceremony uh, that would be held in a Gurdwara. So for those of us who don't know, what is a Gurdwara? Right. Yeah. It's basically, it's a Sikh temple. Okay. Um, and uh, the other thing that's really special about the Dixie Gurdwara is that Anyone can get a hot and delicious meal any time of day, no matter whether you're Sikh or not, whether you have money or not, at literally any time of day or night. Uh, and this is called longer. Okay, amazing. Well, let's get Jaswant in here to explain further. This is Brian speaking with Dixie Gurdwara volunteer Jaswant Singh. Yeah, the concept of langar, actually, these are, uh, there, there are two main concepts in, in Sikhism or in the Gurdwaras. One is Sangat, one is Pangat. Sangat, as I said, is everyone who is coming inside the Gurdwara to, is a part of the Sangat. And the most closest word is congregation. Second is Pangat. Pangat means when we all sit together to have the food. The, the concept started in day back when Sikhism won, was in uh, its, uh, uh, its, its starting that uh, people used to, there, there were very few Gurdwaras and people used to walk, walk a long way to go uh, to have some spiritual uh, lessons from the master, from the Guru. Now when they reached there, the first thing Guru said, okay, you have been coming from since, I mean, and it's a, India is a very hot place. I mean, hot in the sense that the temperature is quite high in the summer times. So the Guru said, okay, take some rest freshen up yourself, have some food, because once your bodily things are, when when you are you are done with your food, now you are relaxed. Now you can listen to what is what is being said. So that's the concept of Pangat, where, because see, if we look at it, when we eat food, especially when we eat food and we have people around us, that is a, uh, uh, it's 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 good very deep inside the psychology that when you are having food and you have people with you you share something you talk about something or even if you may not talk about something it makes a sense of belonging it makes a sense of unity it makes a sense of oneness 
which is the main concept of Pangat that while having the food, you shouldn't think that I am the special one. Everyone is equal in Lord's eye. That is the main concept. One thing I know is that's different about, about this Gurdwara is that the kitchen is open all of the time. Yeah, it's open all of the time. That's how Dixie Gurdwara is being known, that anyone can come anytime. They will get food. And I understand that people do. Uh, as in people even in the in the area that are that work in the area they'll come before yeah. uh, um, work people yeah. a lot of uh, truck drivers there's lots yeah. of trucks in the yeah. in the parking lot today mm-hmm. can you talk about all the people that come through here throughout the day and and what that sort of is like from early in the morning to late at night and who's in here yeah especially uh, uh, it all start around 2 a.m. in the morning there are some people who who are done with their work around, I mean, one or two. They come after work. There are people who started their work early morning, like, for example, at five or four. And then the timing, especially six to nine, that's the time when most of the people are going to their, going for their work. So before going for their work, they prefer to come to the Gurdwara and have some tea or uh, even if they have little time, not, not having, um, may not have some, uh, tea or langar, just uh, bowing their head and offering their prayers, and then, and then later on, uh, lunch time. So some people, because uh, like in in Canada, we know it's it's a different uh, different timings. Like people work all around mm-hmm. the day, like on different shifts. So then afternoon time around twelve to three, it's uh, it's a uh, it's uh, quite the time when there are many people who are, who comes in and have the langar. And then the evening time is definitely the the one when, especially after five, that people after their work they they come and 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 they offer their prayers. That's that's one of, uh, and weekends are definitely very busy, very busy, especially from Friday to Sunday afternoon, totally jam packed. <laughs> so can you explain um, from the perspective of somebody who has never been to a gurdwara? Um, what happens in the in in the longer hall and like what would be the proper way of, of doing things and approaching it? But those who, who are the first timers, for them, when they go inside the longer hall, first of all, there are different concepts. We have the concept of that people line up, they come and we put the food in their plates and then they can, uh, wherever they find the place and be comfortable at that and then they can have their food. And uh, there are some gurdwaras where uh, you just have to uh, take your plates or, or your glass plates and your, your uh, tissue paper or, or your spoon and you just have to grab a seat. The volunteers come themselves to you and then they put the food in your plate. One of the things which we always keep in mind is once you are having food and let's say if you, uh, let's say they gave you two chapatis and now you want two more. So you don't stand up and go there. You just have to wave your hand or just uh, uh, give them a, 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 a call that, hey, I, I want uh, this, I want some rice, I want some dal or I want some chapati. Because the everything is cleaned up and in our, those who are serving, they are allowed to serve only with the clean hands. When they wash their hand properly, then they don't... Uh, it's not that they are serving also and they are eating themselves also, no. And it's really, like you say, in the name of cleanliness. Cleanliness and uh, 
cleanliness is uh, there, there is one more, more word which is which I am not getting the exact. Is it respect or? Yeah, respect also. Respect yes. that we yeah. we respect the food. You mentioned some of the 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 food. Maybe we can touch a little bit more on that. What is the common food? I know dal is the is the yeah. staple. Always dal. It's majorly dal, roti, roti is chapati. It's made made of wheat. These are some of the most common things. Then vegetables or uh, uh, curd, and there is one thing which is called kheer. Kheer is when you uh, boil the rice in 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 the in the milk, and when it gets uh, and and then you add some sugar in it. It's it's a very sweet and very mm-hmm. tasty thing, and based on the o- occasions sometimes you make made some i mean it's not that every day you have the same langa you have different for example today we have kadi kadi is uh, again something that you uh, make out of the dahi dahi is curd and yogurt you can say and uh, so but majorly it's a it's a vegetarian food and and it's sometimes we have sag sag is the spinach when you make mm-hmm. it in a, a some some special way and we have different lentils i mean it's not that every <laughs> single kind of different lentils and all the lentils we call them dal but i think the most uh, common dal is dal makhani yeah dal makhani is the most common dal the, the reason being because uh, back to the days if 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 you go back and that dal makhani was uh, considered as it's it's a very uh, energetic thing and it gives you lots of energy it gives you lots of strength especially people used to work very hard in those days they they, they aren't many office office level work most people used to work in fields and it needs lots of uh, uh, muscles and lots of energy so dal makhani is something because it has makhan in it, it and dal in itself is is very uh especially this dal is very uh it it gives you strength energy and and it's a uh, it's a, though it's not very easy to digest i mean <laughs> but but still and and that's how it keeps on coming on and though i have been eating it since uh, since i i uh since i was a kid but still it's not that uh, uh, that um, uh or you know what now i don't like it anymore that's not the case i still like it it's very tasty very yummy you can have it with rice you can have it with chapati and especially when it's little warm you like it like i mean this that's my personal i like it like oh wow it's like what we comfort food really is oh, what yeah, we very, very very comfort food do you have any idea how many people are served in a in a day or a week here uh every day we can uh, we can say uh, approximately more 2000 people every every single day or more than that on weekends things can go like more than 3000 4000 5000 i mean just on on saturdays or sundays i mean if we combine the saturday sunday and fridays then it's more than 15 20000 people every weekend we we serve and during the special uh, occasions like uh, Uh, Guru Nanak's birthday, who is the founder of Sikhism, or uh, Bandi Chhod Divas, like it's it's also called Diwali. Congregations go can go more than hundred thousand. I I wonder this may be the largest free open kitchen in North America. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be one. I I don't have the exact estimate, but I hope and. I and that's how it has been uh, the the word of mouth is that it is one of the uh, 
uh, of the largest, like we have the huge congregation size and, and the langar is 24-7 because you won't find it, as you said before, you won't find There are many gurdwaras which are big enough, but they don't have that 24-7 concept of, of the langar, of the free kitchen. We can do that because we have the volunteers who are uh, ready to do the, the service. Well, and that's what I wanted to ask you about is how, how is that managed? I know you have a, a, a large number of volunteers. You're, you're one yourself mm -hmm. um, and there are many people that are working and serving but just serving that amount of people, like how, how is that uh, how is this, this good wire able mm -hmm. to serve this many, this many people? Uh, there, there are two things. One is financial and second is manpower. But then again, it's not just about financial or the offerings of, of those people that are working out. It's something which is more on a spiritual grounds that not a single person who you can say, oh, you know what, this is the person who is managing everything. If you ask that person, we have few people who, are to, who take care of the kitchen. If you ask them, okay, you are the one who are taking care of kitchen. Let's start asking them single questions. Okay, how, how is this happening? How is this happening? Where from that food is coming? Where is that food coming in? Sometimes they, they have, yeah, food is coming in. Some We, we, uh, we ask that this is the, on weekend we, we are expecting this much congregation. So let's bring, uh, instead of 100 bags, let's bring 500 bags of milk. But other than that, there are the things which are more about, let's say if you come at the 2 a.m. in the morning, there are people who are washing the utensils. There are people who are making the tea. Now, 2 a.m. in the morning, you cannot ask somebody, you know what, this is your duty. That's not the duty. That's something which people are doing. And it's not the same people who are doing it. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody else, sometimes it's somebody else. And nobody uh, make a schedule. You know what, on Wednesday, I'll go and prepare the tea. You know what, on uh, Thursday, let's Mr. Singh is, uh, you do nobody is telling anyone that you have to do this really that's that's amazing th th that's why i said this is if you spend some time here you will be amazed to see that if you ask you know what okay you are washing these uh, utensils uh who to, who told you to and for how long will you do that he said nobody told me i'm doing it i want to do it and i don't know whether i'll do it for half an hour or two hours or maybe for the whole five hours and the amazing thing is once that person who is doing it gone, somebody else comes in. And it's not the same faces. There are different, different faces who are, who are, who are com coming up. That's why we say this. We all are doing it, but there is a higher power which are letting us do it. The main energy is of the Guru, which is, uh, which is prevailing. Jasmine, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's, it's nice meeting you. Yeah. That was Brian speaking with one of the many, 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 <laughs> many, many volunteers at the Dixie Gurdwara, Jaswant Singh. So when are we going? Anytime. Literally, anytime. Come on. <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime. That's so awesome. So um, as a non-Sikh, what should I know in advance when we go to the Gurdwara? Well, first off, we, as we noted, this is a sort of a special gurdwara. Not every gurdwara is like this. There's a very big congregation size. You can't expect to get food at any gurdwara any time of day and any day of the week. They're not all 24-7. No. <laughs> but if, if you're not going to go to this one, you want to go somewhere else, a good time is, you know, take like a midday and during the weekend. Okay. You'll, be, you'll have a good shot of it. But um, the sort of the way you show respect is 
similar in every one. So first of all, when you get inside, essentially you take off your shoes. There's always like little cubbies to put your shoes in mm-hmm. um, and you cover your head. So women often use a scarf, men use a handkerchief. Often they'll have extras there. I would recommend bringing your own. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, you, you cover your head. Um, you would go up into one of the halls and you would sort of come to the front and, and bow your head. Mm-hmm. You make a donation, then you just sit down cross-legged and just sort of observe. And again, you won't necessarily know what's going on, but you'll get the idea of it. And the music is often beautiful. And then you go downstairs, longer hall. Longer halls are almost always in the sort of the basement. Mm-hmm. Um and I uh, just want to sort of describe what happens, but basically you go in, you get a tray, you come up to the front, um, and you're served, and then you sit down and, and eat, basically. And it is amazing, delicious yes. food. It's such a wonderful experience, especially Dixie Gudwara. I've been, to, I've been to others, but this one is very special for the, the food and for the music, mm-hmm. I would say. Those are my two favorite things. And just that feeling that Just Want was talking about where... Everyone is equal. Everyone is welcome. You do legitimately get that feeling. That's so neat. And the biggest obstacle is whether you know or not. So now you know. Yeah. Now so knows. now we can go. Yeah. Let's right? all go. So let's yeah, do that. And check it out. I just, yeah, there's so much cool imagery that I just need to see it for myself. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up, Jess learns about the political process of getting a community-based food initiative up and running in Halifax. Yeah, while I was home this summer, I had the opportunity to meet with two people involved in finding a solution for healthy food for some of Halifax Regional Municipality's lower income and kind of less serviced areas. So who did you speak with? I met up with Heather Monahan from the Public Health Department and Josh Bates from Mayor Mike Savage's office. These two have been hands-on since the beginning of this initiative to address this lack of healthy food options in these areas of the HRM, along with the Ecology Action Center and some local community groups. So when we met in August, everyone was waiting to hear whether or not city council would be willing to approve one aspect of the budget before any further planning could really take place. So a lot of our conversation was sort of tentative, albeit optimistic about the ultimate outcome that they would get the approval necessary to put this pilot in place. That's it, though. So they're uh, not even approving the project in general. They're just trying to get this 21-week pilot proof. Is that right? Exactly. Okay, so here's Jess speaking with Josh Bates and Heather Monahan. And Josh is going to first explain exactly what a mobile food market is. Well, the mobile market uh, is an idea that we're borrowing from other cities in North America. Um, So Toronto and Ottawa are two examples of cities that have used uh, a public transit bus to deliver fresh, healthy, affordable food to what we call food deserts throughout the city. So those would be Uh, neighborhoods, communities that that don't have direct access to a grocery store where they can buy fresh, healthy, affordable food. So what does this actually look like when it rolls up to a community in Ottawa or in Toronto? Or if you have a sense of it, what would it look like in Halifax? Uh, Well, I was fortunate enough to to visit the mobile market in in Ottawa. And um, so you could picture, you know, a typical city bus. Um, but it was retrofitted. So in, in Ottawa, they, they had plywood where the, you know that they laid across the seats, and they had uh, carrots, apples, potatoes, fresh vegetables, uh, literally on the bus. And they they had bags hanging from some of the poles, and it was really kind of a cool experience because we normally think of a city bus as transporting people, 
Um, and of course, that is normally what buses do, but you could you could use a bus to deliver really anything. And um, people were really excited to see the bus in Ottawa. And uh, uh, going online, you could see some really neat pictures of just a really colorful bus full of fresh fruits and vegetables. It was a neat thing to see. When we were out talking with community members in the potential communities where we're thinking of piloting this here, they really liked the idea of using this bus to bring the food to the different communities. And they could see people going on the bus to do the shopping and then potentially as well setting up some tables outside of the bus as a little bit of market sort of inside and outside. Um, being sort of like a community gathering place for people to come and get some of their produce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, which communities in uh, in HRM, Health X Region and Municipality, are, are being taken in on this project or the pilot? So we looked at some data in, from our population health status report to look at different communities that would benefit and we determined the communities that it could start out going to as a pilot could be East and North Preston, North End Dartmouth, uh, the far north end of Halifax, the peninsula of Halifax, uh, Fairview, and Spryfield. Okay, and can you describe what um, essentially nominated these communities? What were, the, what were the factors that were common amongst them that made them ideal candidates, if ideal is the right word? Yeah, I think that's a great word. Um, so not having an affordable, accessible grocery store right in the neighborhood, uh, having those communities would have more struggles accessing healthy food from an income perspective as well, or potentially a transportation or mobility access. We also looked at incomes with higher percentage of new immigrants, seniors, um, low-income families and single-parent households because we know from the research that those are the um, people who can struggle more with food security issues and having difficulty accessing the healthy foods they need. Absolutely and you mentioned the word food desert earlier and some people may be familiar with that but can you just and this kind of relates to what you were just describing as well but can you just explain uh, in detail what a food desert is or isn't I suppose? So we're starting to see across North America, it's a term that's being used a lot more frequently. Um, certain neighborhoods in inner cities, foods, some of these neighborhoods have had grocery stores there before and they moved out. Maybe some have never had grocery stores. Uh, so you're seeing people in certain neighborhoods not having access to a healthy grocery store in their neighborhood. They might be relying on convenience stores to get their groceries. Um, perhaps they don't have access to a bus pass or there might be mobility issues or seniors so it'd be very difficult to get to a grocery store outside of their where the area they live in and then in a situation like that what are the effects of on a population if they didn't have access to um, all those things you just mentioned um, so we know folks who are facing food insecurity issues are going to have greater physical and mental health problems more higher incidence of chronic disease and creates a lot of stress, just not knowing where your next meal is gonna come from. We know food also plays such an important role with um, sense of community and sense of belonging and celebration. It's so important to so many parts of our lives. So um, yeah, we see the mobile market as being something that could really help to ameliorate uh, that in these communities. We held a, a community meeting <clears throat> in East Preston uh, in early July and uh, there's so much excitement in the room because East Preston, if you've ever been there, um, 
there, there, there's no store. So like, forget grocery store. There's not even a convenience store. So, so what people will often do is um, they'll pile into a car. If they're lucky, they'll have a friend who will drive them. Uh, but there is also, uh, you know, people in the community who, who will charge twenty or thirty dollars uh, just to get to the grocery store, and then they're also charging for the time that you're shopping. So by the time you spend that money on your transportation, uh, you have very little left to actually buy your food. So then you're talking about, you know, if you're buying, you know, uh, fresh food, you know, the stuff that's kind of in the sale item that might only, you know, be good for another three or four days. So uh, there's all kinds of health effects with just not having access to 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 uh, to fresh, healthy food. And yeah, health effects, like you said, and being in Canada, um, that is a strain that comes across to everyone, right, at the end of the day. So, so yeah, where would the food that you're intending to bring come on? Have you guys uh, figured out who you will be partnering with um, as far as, yeah, the source of this fresh food? Well, we're in, we're in those discussions right now. Uh, there's some key decisions to be made, and that's one of them. Uh, so in, in Ottawa, the, the food comes mostly from uh, Loblaw, so a big grocery store chain. So through that connection, we're, we're starting conversations with uh, some large-scale grocers. There's a lot of interest, a lot of enthusiasm to, to partner with us. Um, but we also want to support the local economy here as well. Um, so that there's, there's a local co-op, for example, that we're discussing, um, uh, perhaps having them supply some of the food. Um, and then there's also, I mentioned East Preston there, you know, when we had that community meeting, there's a farmer who said, well, you know, like my farm is just right around the corner. I would love the opportunity to, to sell some of my food alongside with what you have on the mobile market. Um, so we're, 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 we're exploring that, uh, opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the market's not going to be run by the mayor's office or public health. It's going to be run by the people, uh, and the communities where the market is visiting. And the decisions about where to procure the food is going to be made by by the communities. Yeah. So how did this idea first come about? How did public health and the mayor's office get involved in this decision, partnering it up? The idea can be traced back to a meeting the mayor had um, in the fall of 2013. The mayor invited about uh, 80 stakeholders who were worked in a wide variety of uh, arenas in Halifax. He essentially asked the question, uh, what does the city need to do to become a healthier, more livable community? As a staff person in the mayor's office, one of my jobs was to, to look through all of those ideas and identify themes and, and key projects and proposals that the city could come up with. Uh, so there were really three themes that were identified at that meeting. Uh, so there's accessibility, so what can we do to, to better assist people in Halifax living uh, with, a, with a physical disability or, or, or people who have mobility issues? Active transportation was another theme, um, and then food security was a third theme. And uh, in partnership with public health, we, we, we discovered that there are cities, like I said, Toronto and Ottawa are two good examples that are, are developing uh, a mobile market, that have a mobile market. Um, so the chief medical, the, sorry, the medical officer of health, Dr. Gaynor Watson Creed, and I had a meeting and we discussed the idea and she said, this is a fantastic idea, let's meet with the mayor. So Dr. Watson Creed met with the mayor, we brought in public transit, and we all agreed that it was a good idea. Let's take it a step further. Um, and is there other areas within the province that you can imagine using this model successfully, or is it an urban concern first um, and foremost? There's definitely been interest, I think, um, in other parts of the province as well through the research project at the Mount Mount St. Vincent University when they looked at mobile um, or pop-up food markets they 
looked at it as a solution potentially for urban centers, but also could be used in rural areas as well. The design and everything will look quite different. Um, something will be interesting to look at in our pilot project, East and North Preston are both fairly rural um, compared to the other parts of Halifax where it will be operating. And so that will give us some insight, like what are the differences and how it operates in those communities and compared to in, um, say, North End Dartmouth. Interesting. So with these six communities, is there any other specific things that are kind of coming out that you can share with us about um, how you'll tailor this to one community versus another community? In, in North End Dartmouth, um, we have uh, a community food center that's going to pop up, uh, you know, in the summer or, or perhaps in the fall. Uh, so there, there's a market that's going to be there anyhow. So the idea in North End Dartmouth is um, we don't need the bus to, to stop in that community. And I was referring to this earlier, uh, the, the bus can drop off the food and then be a part of the market. Uh, so that's one example of tailoring the needs of the market to that particular community. But, but those conversations are going to continue because every community has uh, unique needs and tastes. That's another aspect uh, that we heard is really important is having culturally appropriate food. Um, so for example, Fairview is, is a very diverse neighborhood. Lots of newcomers live um, in Fairview. So uh, there might be sp- particular demands in Fairview, you know, kinds of foods that people want to see there that, that, that might not um, uh, be, be asked for in other communities. Uh, so we're going to w- work very closely with different organizations in each of the six communities to, to meet their needs the best we can. All right, so, I mean, we'll stay tuned. Perhaps the next time I come home during the summer, I'll be able to go to the market or something. That would be nice. That would be yeah. great. We would love to host you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, you guys. Perfect. Well, thanks for your interest. Yes, thanks so much for yeah. your interest today. That was just speaking with Heather Monahan and Josh Bates about a proposed pilot project for a mobile market in the Halifax Regional Municipality. So, Jess, you spoke to them back in August. What's, what's happened since? Right, so... At this point in the process, where we were discussing it in August, they were waiting to hear whether Halifax City Council would approve a budget of 8200 between 8200 and $8,700 to assign one of the Metro City, the Metro Transit City buses um, to the project. And what was the outcome of that? Drum roll, please. Um, of course, they approved it. Right. But now the different groups involved, so there's public health um, from the province, there's the mayor's office, obviously, obviously from the city, and then the Ecology Action Center, which is a local nonprofit, uh, along with some other community groups. They're going to be um, looking to raise $55,000 to make this project a go. So there was some thought that they would have the market up and running this fall, but they have decided to go full steam ahead um, in the spring and let the project sort of gain momentum through the spring and summer and into next fall with that 21-week pilot uh, length of time. Which I think makes sense, like we were talking about, if they were to launch right now in the fall, mm-hmm. where does that 20 week, 21 weeks land, right? Exactly. So this is the best time of year as far as produce goes, but... For 21 weeks in, we'd be in the dead of winter where it is not the best. And if you're trying to accrue all these numbers and facts and figures to sort of support the case for something like this, then it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to to have a lot of it happening in the middle of the winter. I know that um, they, 
they looked at the Toronto example and in the middle of winter, their numbers drastically dropped. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. So um, they just wanted to be smart about when they used those 21 weeks. And you are familiar with the Toronto project. Yes. I didn't realize that. That's true. Yes. I actually spoke to some people, including uh, Josh Cole, a counselor here in Toronto, um, about his part in getting that Flemington mobile market off the ground is a very similar sort of thing. And Again, a very similar area, uh, food desert. We've talked about Flemington in the past, and uh, it was just such a, a, a resounding success. Um, so it's great to see other other cities learning yeah, from what it. other markets are doing. That's what we have to do, right? Exactly. So we know yeah. it's a great program. So hopefully that'll get off the ground. For Sounds sure. like it will. Yeah. And we'll have an update um, this spring. Yeah, exactly. I get to go for another little visit. And that's another episode of Foodstuffs. Thanks this week go to Jaswant Singh for showing me around the Dixie Gurdwara. And to your Samuel's Daddy Ma. I'd also like to thank Heather Monahan from Nova Scotia Public Health and Josh Bates from the Mayor's Office in Halifax. And I really need to thank Ellie Shaver as well, who works with Heather at Public Health for helping me out with some updates and things. Thanks as always to Eric Betlam, Sam Petit, and Ken Stauer at CIUT for the studio space. Yes, and we should say, starting this week at CIUT, there is a funding drive happening. Yes, through until November 15th, you can either phone in or go online to CIUT.fm and make your donation to support an amazing community and organization. If you do decide to donate some dollars to them, be sure that you let them know that we sent you. Don't forget to subscribe to us online via Stitcher and iTunes. And if you want to talk to us ever, you can reach out at Foodstuffs Life. Um, You can find us on Facebook by looking up Foodstuffs Podcast. And uh, we obviously have a website too, my favorite, foodstuffs.life. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Goman. And I'm Jessica Walker. See you in two weeks. Uh, no, no, what can I say? Then? I just want you to say, you're listening to foodstuffs. That's it? Yeah. Yes, I am listening to foodstuffs, yes. Everything is okay, everything went well. Yeah. Yeah, thanks very much, Brian. <laughs>